Welcome to the Live Treasure Podcast, brought to you by Treasured Ministries, where every week we coach you with steps of faith you can take today to change your tomorrow. And now, on to today's show. Hey, everybody, welcome to our podcast today. Boy, we're getting a lot of great feedback on this series, What Does It Mean to Forgive? And if you are just joining us, um, we're taking this summer to dive into the topic of forgiveness. It's often oversimplified inside of the church, um, which creates more confusion, and then we don't apply God's wisdom. And so we want to dive deep into the Word this summer and tackle that topic, what it means to forgive. And, you know, last week um, we talked about how when we don't know what our personal responsibility is inside of um, the forgiveness meaning there's a role that God plays, there's a role that we play, and there's uh, a role or responsibility that our offender must play. When we're unaware of that, you know, we can be easily manipulated by an offender to rush reconciliation, which is not real reconciliation. Um, And so one of the pieces of wisdom that's so powerful for us to know is what is our responsibility? What is our personal responsibility? And so, um, so we learned last week that it's really three things. It is releasing your right to retaliate it is extending grace, and it's shifting your faith away from your offender and putting it back on God. And today, I want to dive into um, the topic of releasing retaliation, basically um, how to handle injustice and fighting injustice uh, God's way. And that's in today's message. Before we dive into today's message, um, I want to remind you that I've got all the teaching notes from this series up inside of the Treasure Tribe. If you're interested in joining, it's a great way to support Treasure Ministries um, and get a lot of great benefits. And all you need to do is go to treasuretribe.com and sign up. Also, I want to let you know that next week um, is a holiday inside of the United States, July 4th. You know, um, at Treasure Ministries, we are so excited to see how God is extending our reach beyond the United States. Um, And so, uh, so if you live in another country, next week, there's a big celebration in America, July 4th. We celebrate the founding of our country. And so we are going to not post a podcast next week. I'm going to give some time off to um, to our team and to myself to have a little little rest in the sun. But we'll be back the following week and we'll pick up on our summer series again about what it means to forgive. And now on with today's show. 
want to talk to you today about fighting injustice with God's battle plan of forgiveness. Fighting injustice with God's battle plan of forgiveness. Now, uh, if you are just joining us inside of our YouTube channel in Treasured Ministries and our Live Treasured podcast, we're walking through a series that I'm calling What Does It Mean to Forgive? And I felt very compelled to take uh, this next series of teaching lessons and really dive deep into the Word of God to find out what it means to forgive. And that's because often forgiveness is a complex topic that is often oversimplified inside of the church, which creates more confusion around this topic. And because of that, we never really apply the remedy that God has given us to deal with those who have wounded us. But you and I, when we look at the entire counsel of God, we can gain clarity on the complexity of forgiveness and we can put God's amazing cure on even the deepest wounds that others have inflicted upon us so that you and I can move forward and live through and live free. Now we've learned that forgiveness does not mean that you and I throw wisdom out of the window. Quite the contrary, we've learned that we want to step under God's strategy and that his wisdom works. And it not only heals our hearts, it hands us uh, the keys to our freedom. And one of the most important pieces of wisdom that you and I can glean from the word of God is what our personal responsibility is in side of forgiveness, that God has a role that he plays, that our offender um, has responsibilities on their end, and that we have personal responsibilities. And if we're unaware or confused about those, that abusers and offenders and even the enemy of our soul that they can use religious rhetoric and scripture to push premature uh, reconciliation. We talked about that uh, last week, but that understanding and owning your responsibility and truly understanding what it means to forgive allows you to be a part of the solution because, you know, the enemy is so tricky and he'll get us doing all kinds of things. We may even think our forgiveness and then we wonder why. 10 years later, that person doesn't even have to be inside of the room and they're still holding mental real estate inside of our head. Can I, uh, can anybody out there just relate uh, to what I'm saying? You Today, I'm going to start our shift into our own personal responsibility when others have wounded us. Um, and it's threefold. We learned that we must release revenge. We can't get back at our enemy, that we must extend grace, and then we must shift our faith 
away from our offender and put it entirely upon God. Now, there's going to be some work that we're going to have to do within those three things. And over the next uh, over the next lessons, that's where I'm going to be focusing in on those three things, your three pieces of responsibility. And some of it is not going to seem fair. But in order for us to be free, we must do the work. We must do the work. And here's the thing. It is work to stay in unforgiveness. It is a waste of your energy and time. It takes over your mental real estate. So here's, here's the kicker. When you apply God's principles and, and what he lines out inside of the word, it frees you from that. And so, yes, there is work, but there's also work in unforgiveness. And so you might as well put your energy towards what is going to nourish your soul and set you free. You see, God knew. God knew when he created the world that there would be injustices that would happen. And a natural reaction of an injustice, right? Like if somebody hits you, you might want to hit them back. That's a natural reaction. But can you just imagine if the world, all, everybody always reacted that way, that this world would just be a crazy place. I know that you've heard that saying that hurting people hurt others and see God wants to stop the cycle. Not only does he want to free you, but he wants to stop the cycle so that the abuser doesn't hurt again, so that you won't pass on that hurt. And that's where our personal uh, responsibility comes in. And today I want to talk to you about the blessing uh, of releasing uh, your right to get back at your offender, releasing uh, that that revenge. And, and I want you to think about a tug of war that you're pulling on and, and you've got somebody on the other end and, and it feels like a tug of war. And you know, when we're holding unforgiveness, that's what it feels like. And I want to ask you a question. Has a justified tug of war with an offender who won't make the wrong the right taking your focus and your joy and your energy. And I want to ask you another question. Where are you fighting to make things fair? You know something. <laughs> Sometimes inside of that tug of war, you've got to let go of the rope to see God make things right. You see, wise women will let go of the fight to allow God to make things right. And when we try to make things right on our own, instead of making room for God's justice, we can end up fighting God instead of allowing Him to fight for us. Now, it's not going to seem fair when I outline this principle to you about the fact that you and I, as believers, we are called never to take revenge. Never. 
Never. And you might be saying to yourself, well, I don't do that. I don't like, you know, take revenge. It sounds a little drastic, but there's all kinds of ways. Passive aggressiveness, saying shameful comments back to a person, withholding love, gossiping, projecting your anger. There's all kinds of ways that you and I can lash back out at those who have offended us. And it's a natural reaction. If somebody hits you, you know, your first reaction is probably to say, ow, and then there might be something in you that wants to, you know, hit that person back, right? Of course you do. You've been hurt. But God says, it's not that I want you to release justice. I want you to release justice to me. You know, for years when I was so confused about this concept of forgiveness, you know, I, I, sometimes I would just feel like, God, it just feels like that my offender, that my abuser, he's just getting away with everything and nothing could be farther from the truth. Wise women let go of the fight and allow God to make it right. And when we try to make things right on our own instead of making room for God's justice, we can end up fighting God instead of allowing God to fight for us. And the other thing that happens is it keeps us hooked to our offender. It keeps us in this tug of war that steals our joy and our focus. And it is a never ending battle and nobody wins. And when you let go of that rope, it's not that you're letting go of the rope and the offender gets to run away and he never has to face his consequences. That's not forgiveness. You know what? When you let go of the rope, God takes over the reins and God has a way of bringing justice that is righteous, that is real. Because see, the Lord knows, he knows the whole story and only God can bring about justice that is true and right in a perfect way. Where are you fighting to make things fair? And are you worn out? And are you ready to try uh, God's way and allow him uh, to, to fight for you? So how do we handle injustice? Because the reality is when we look inside of the word, we see that God loves justice and that he gave his instruction to us through the law, through the Ten Commandments, through through the word of God. And, and part of that was he was teaching us how to love people. And he was designing um, uh, 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 laws that would protect people like his law, don't have adultery. He was protecting marriage. And so God set out these instructions. And you know what? If everybody followed the instructions, 
what a happy world this place would be. But we know that that's not reality because we live in a broken world and people have a sin nature. And like I just said, hurting people will hurt others. Well, not only did God give instruction and not only do we live in a fractured world, but God also gave us free will. So where he told mothers and fathers to love their children and to nurture them, where he told them that and that they were supposed to model what a heavenly, godly father was loving and generous and kind and wise and and protective, where he told that, he also gave free will. And so because of that, God's perfect framework for how we should love each other, it's fractured and it's broken. And so we knew, he knew that we would get hurt, right? And, and also with that, God also says that those that offend should make things right. But again, everybody has free will. And sometimes when we're dealing with somebody who has offended us, like we talked about in our previous weeks, they will deny their wrongdoing. They will not take ownership over it. And if you continue to try to get an offender to validate your hurt and to see what they did, or perhaps it is that maybe you are a son or a daughter who's worked all their life to hear their mom say or to hear their dad say, I'm so proud of you, and you've never heard it. (laughs) And you're in this tug of war, and it's never going to heal that hurt in your heart because the victim, the offender, doesn't have it in them to give you the respect that is due, to give you the love and acceptance that is due to honor the marriage commitment that is due. And so by you wanting that person to make the the wrong, the right, gosh, I, I would think, and certainly that is true. And we should all want that. But sometimes our victims are not going to own their wrong. You know, inside of the Bible, in Matthew chapter 18, it talks about the parable um, of the unmerciful servant. And in one part of that parable, which Jesus is using this to teach on the concept of forgiveness, but in one part of that parable, a man who had been forgiven of a large debt, as soon as he's uh, released, he goes out to um, a fellow servant who owed him just a few thousand dollars. And he says, the Bible says he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me. In other words, in this scenario, the person could not pay that person back, would not ever do it. And do you see how it can become a never-ending 
um, tug of war. So how do you handle that injustice? Sometimes, you know, it can make us so upset that we'll want to hurt back at that person. And sometimes, in extreme cases, it says hurting people hurt others that will even lash out at other people. But the Bible says that vengeance doesn't work and it's not God's way. In fact, God goes so far to say you don't touch vengeance ever. Romans 12, 17 and 19 says, never pay back evil with more evil. Not sometimes, not if you feel like it, never. Do things in such a way that everyone will see you're honorable. Do all that you can to live at peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God for the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back. So right there in the word of God, and we talked about this last week, that part of your personal responsibility is that you never touch vengeance. You never touch it. And the problem is sometimes, especially if you've struggled with codependency, if you've walked through a traumatic experience where you were really hurt, there could have been an inner vow that came up inside of your soul that just said, I'm not going to let that happen again. And I have to protect myself and I have to uh, defend myself. And so we become very self-reliant. And because of experiences, we falsely um, conclude that people are more powerful than God. And so we're afraid to let go of the tug of war. We're afraid to let go of the rope and let God make him right. Because what if he doesn't take over the reins? And when that happens, it's really a place of pride. We say, I'm going to be in control and I'm going to do it my way. You know, the, the big lie in all of that, because the enemy loves it. He loves it when, when we just say, you know what? I'm going to get justice my way. He loves that. Why? Because when we are walking in pride, we are not walking in God's power. We are walking in our power and our power is limited, but God's power is limitless. And also when we start walking under our strength and making our own decisions, we are aligning ourselves with the enemy of our soul. And it's like we get put on a a hook and he's just pulling us around and all he has to do is to set off a trigger from our past and you and I will start to do the tug of war in our mind. I can't believe that person said that, but God wants you to be free. And when you let go, you are not being a doormat. You are aligning yourself with God's power. You see, vengeance doesn't work. You know, last week we talked about uh, personal responsibility. And I, I gave you that verse in Galatians 6 that we all have a load that we're supposed to carry. God says unequivocally, biting back 
getting back. That is my load to carry. And when you begin to carry that load, and this doesn't mean you don't set boundaries. It doesn't mean you don't confront. It doesn't mean that you automatically trust that person again. But what it does mean is you say, I'm going to take the high road and I'm going to stop the cycle of hurt. And when you carry that load that you're not supposed to carry, It'll steal your joy and your heavenly father knows that. And he's just saying, give that load to me. You know, you and I, we really don't have the capacity to right the wrong. But see, God knows the whole story. He knows our whole story. He knows our offender's whole story. And he can right the wrong in our life in such a way that you wouldn't even have had the ability to do it. And sometimes redemption in your life um, uh, uh, will never come from the person who took from you, whether they took your dignity, whether they took um, respect from you, whether they took actual financial resources uh, from you, but God will always bring redemption. It may not be from that source, but it will be from somewhere. You see, when you and I fight with forgiveness, and part of that is saying, I'm releasing my right to retaliate. God fights for us. And the other big thing that I want you to see is that you are free. And the reason why you and I become free in those situations is that we're no longer attached to this, this need to make things right. We have let go of that and we've released it to God, right? And so now he is the one um, carrying that responsibility. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and, heavy, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you uh, rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Listen to those verses. Um, God wants us to take that yoke, to take that load, that burden of, of needing for that person to, to wrong his right and put it um, on him and um and and that gives us freedom in other words we've we've released our offender and we've given him to god so we're not yoked to that person anymore we're not yoked to hearing that person say i'm so proud of you anymore because we've forgiven it we we have given it over uh to the lord and and you might be saying hey you know, I'm not a vengeful person. I don't know what you're talking about. But like I said, it can sneak in in sneaky ways. Passive aggressiveness, shame, withholding, gossip, projecting. And one way in my life that I just want to share with you that I never really saw as really um, a weapon, if you will, of, of unforgiveness was proving myself through performance. You know, when, when you grow up, 
um, and, and you feel abandoned, you f do not feel nourished, there is something inside of you that says, I'm going to show you wrong. I'm going to prove to you. And for me, you know, success and hard work, it was my way of getting back. It was my way of, of showing everybody who had hurt me, you were wrong. And another way that we can do this, another way is instead of punishing others, we can shoulder the shame of what happened to us and punish ourselves with self-deprecating. Now with all of these things and even with making a wrong a right. It's not that God doesn't want justice in your life, but he wants you to do it uh, his way. And you know what? It takes courage to be humble. It takes courage to humble yourself under God's mighty hand so that in due time that, that he will lift you up. And so, and so where does this courage come from? Um, the courage comes from gaining God's perspective. We know that we've got to let go of revenge, but we've talked about how letting go of the rope means God takes over the reins. And it's important for us to, to, because, you know, God is somebody that we see by faith to gain his perspective and to give you keys um, on, on how to do this, on how you and I can stand in God's power and not get sucked in focusing on what somebody else did. And this person needs to do that, how you and I can stand in his power. I want to take you to um, a passage in the Bible, in the book of Joshua. Now, as this passage opens up, the Israelites um, are getting ready to go into the promised land to claim what was rightfully theirs. And, and I want to ask you a question. What was rightfully yours that somebody stole? What was rightfully yours that somebody um, uh, has, has wiped their muddy hands on? Was it your need to be valued? Was it your marriage? Was it love and acceptance? Was it actual finances. What is it? And so they're going in to claim this promised land. And the Bible tells us that these armed men, about 40,000 strong, were ready for battle. So here they were, armed and ready for battle. The Israelites were ready to reclaim what was rightfully theirs. They were ready to fight, but God had a different way. In fact, the first thing that he tells them to do is to be circumcised and to celebrate the Passover. Now, you know, when an injustice happens or when you're like, I'm ready to settle, I'm ready to do this thing, and God tells you pause, right? It doesn't seem right. It didn't seem right. I mean, that would have caused them to not be able to fight. And here it was, they needed to go in and take over Jericho, but that was God's first step. And for us, it's so important to pause in the heat of the battle. 
you know, um, I remember hearing somewhere that our emotions, those strong tidal wave of emotions where we might react and do something that we regret, if we will wait for 30 seconds, those emotions uh, will pass. And here's the thing. They were armed. They were ready to go. And it wasn't that God didn't want them to have the promised land. And it wasn't that God doesn't want you to have a healthy marriage. And it wasn't that God didn't want them, you to have acceptance or for you to have a father inside of your childhood uh, that loved you or a mother that nurtured you or a husband that loved you. It wasn't all those things. But if we try to get them, armed with our armor instead of standing under God's armor. <laughs> Nobody wins. Ephesians 6, 10 and 12 says this, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers of the dark world and evil spirits in the, the heavenly places. You know, um, and, and so and so basically, um, these men are armed. God presses the pause button, and you and I must remember what armor we are aligning our life with because see we can stand under the enemy's strategy and feed into that vengeance or we can pause and we can just trust God to make the wrong the right and wise women will let go of the fight to make to allow God to, to make it right now that doesn't mean that you don't set boundaries it doesn't mean that you don't confront your offender. We're going to be talking about all of those things, um, but it does mean that you release justice to God. And when you let go of the rope, remember, God takes over the reins. And so then it goes on to say into chapter 5, after um, they, they've gone through the circumcision, they've celebrated Passover. In chapter 5, 13, it says, When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and demanded, Are you friend or foe? Neither one, he replied, I am the commander of the Lord's army. Now, I want to ask you a question. <laughs> when was the last time you thought of the Lord? Not just as the lamb that takes away the sin of the world, but as the lion of Judah that defends you and protects you. You know, that's one of the most powerful things that we can do is to gain a vision of the Lord. And part of that is worship. You know, inside of that, God reminded Joshua that he was the commander of the Lord's army. And when you're looking at your offender and when you think that you're powerless, you just get on your knees, you crank up the worship tunes. And when we worship, you know what it does? It puts skin on God. Do you know what I'm saying? It helps you walk by faith. You know that you're not a victim and you know that you're not 
in this fight alone. So God um, reveals to Joshua and reminds him that he's the commander of the Lord's um, army. And the next things that happens, and I love this part, it says that this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command. What do you want your servant to do? And so Joshua asked God, what do you want me to do? You know what? When you get offended, And when you say, okay, God, I'm going to let go of these reins. You know what? The next thing that you need to do is to fall on your knees and ask God, okay, what's my battle plan? What do you want me to do? You know, letting go of revenge doesn't mean that we don't confront It doesn't mean that we don't throw light on injustice. It doesn't mean any of that. It does mean that you're not going to bite back and you come under God's guidance. And so Joshua, see, he saw himself as the servant of the Lord. Now, one, he was getting ready to go into Jericho, which was surrounded by a big wall. And he could have said, I'm a victim here. I, there's no, I'm powerless. I can't, you know, retake what is rightfully mine. But no, he said, I'm your servant and I'm here to do what you command. And I believe a big part of why Joshua fell down on his knees is because he had a vision of God and he saw him as commander uh, of the Lord's army. And so then Joshua says, what do you want uh, your, your servant to do? And then God gives him a battle plan and he tells them, He tells them to march around the walls for six days. And then on the seventh day, you're to march around the town seven times with a priest blowing the horns. When you hear the priest give one long blast on the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can, and the walls will collapse and the people will charge straight into town. And so God gives Joshua this this crazy battle plan. But you know what? Joshua follows through and the walls come down. Now, when you and I are trying to make an offender right his wrong, it's like we're beating on those walls of Jericho and they just won't get down and we're frustrated when, if we will step back and remember that God is here to defend us, that he will give us a battle plan, that we let go of that vengeance. We don't bite back. We don't have one ounce of shame in the way that we talk uh, to our offender or in any email that we send, but we ask God, what do I need to do? And the other thing, (laughs) that God does for Joshua is he gives him uh, a vision. He gives him a vision and he says, look, I have given you Jericho. And so he tells Joshua, I've got this. And God has told us in his word 
over and over and over again, he says, vengeance is mine, justice is mine, and I've got this. Fall under my command. You know, fall on your knees and get a battle plan and stand in my strategy. And see, God told Joshua not only that vision that he would have victory, but he reminded him of what mattered most. And that was securing the promised land. And see, when you and I get caught up in the messy minutia of what this person said and that person did, and it steals our energy and focus, we're missing out on pouring our energy into a productive, um, a productive way that can fill our heart uh, with, with joy and, and with peace. Yeah, wise women will let go of the fight and allow God to make it right. Release revenge and find the courage to do that by worshiping God, remembering he's your defender, asking God for a battle plan, it, and he may tell you to set back. It doesn't mean you don't take action, you don't confront, but your first thing is not to react out of those feelings of hurt, but to fall on your knees and pray. And then you remember what matters most. You know, your greatest needs are met at the deepest place of surrender. And whatever it is today that you are fighting for can be found when you fall on your knees. And when you release your right to revenge, you know what happens? God steps in. And he administers justice. And so you're not releasing justice. You're releasing your offender into God's hand. Not only that, but you stop the cycle of hurt. Hurting people hurt other people. You will now have energy to pour into your purpose. I want to encourage you today, where wherever you're fighting, to sow into the solution that God gives by resting under his strategy to see your victory. Mm-hmm.